0: This is the UK Housebuilder and Developer from Good to Great series with Gerard Bull, Managing Director of Human Capital Group, helping you build your UK housebuilding teams and businesses fast. We find the top 15% of talent in the market by harnessing the power of big data, 24-7, 365 digital automation platforms and inbound strategies, leveraged by 20 years successful mid- to senior-level recruitment experience.
1: U.S. marketing guru, author, and speaker Jerry O'Brien is a regular keynote speaker at the USA National House Builder Association, amongst many others. His presentations and guidance have driven major growth in businesses from SMEs to billion-dollar brands, such as Procter & Gamble, Tide, and Coors Light. In this podcast, recorded as part of a webinar series for Human Capital Group's House Builder Business Resilience Hub... O'Brien highlights how differentiation, influence and added value are key to making your business stand out, but can be equally as tricky to understand, outline and implement. Here, Jerry introduces a new way of approaching sales by understanding buying psychology and how you can use it to attract and influence your customers. To access the accompanying slideshow, visit www.whatbigbrandsknow.com forward slash HCG.
2: Hi, a big welcome from the HC Group Search and Selection and the House Builder Business Resilience Hub and uh, also from the House Builder Good to Great podcast series. Hello. Look, the UK and the US House Builder sector is, is a pretty funny market at the moment. Um, we're certainly hearing doom and gloom from all of the media outlets, but but sales in new-build houses and the, and the desire for new-build homes is, is still quite strong, um, certainly in most states and in most counties. So, look, um, house builders at the moment, and certainly our clients, have begun to shift away from that, that panic mode and the firefighting mode, and they, they're getting back to core strategies, looking at long-term strategies for the next three, five, ten years. What does that look like? And and really now, hopefully in this session, what we're going to be focus focus on is a is a real game changer for a session. How to differentiate your house building business, build your brand in a very crowded marketplace. So to help us answer those questions, um, I'm joined by Jerry O'Brien, Jerry with a G that is, uh, keynote speaker, regular speaker for the National Association of House Builders in the U.S. And uh, Jerry's worked with with some really big brands out there, which have included Procter & Gamble on brands such as Crisco, Tide, Mr. Clean, Spick & Spam, which I have heard of, Next, which I've heard of. And I've definitely heard of this one, Jerry, Coors Brewing Company, where he managed Coors Light, a $2 billion business. Uh, and you've got to say the beer marketplace in the US and the UK is about
3: as crowded as you can get. So huge welcome, Jerry. How, how are you doing? Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I'm great. And we will get a chance to talk a little bit about the beer business and how that relates to the home builder business, because you're right. Crowded markets where you've got to find a way to get people to buy from you versus them. So we're talking about you know navigating disruption and influencing your future. Here's the reality: at the end of the day, we all need to navigate things that change. And things have really been disrupted in our world and in our businesses recently. And we need to make our way through that, make sure we stay profitable, stay in business, and then figure out what do we do in the future. And some of the things that we've changed in order to stay profitable, stay in business uh, today, we'll keep because they've made us stronger and better. Others are the things we'll leave behind and we'll get back to a little bit of the way things used to be. But at the end of the day, we know this for sure, you must influence people. To buy from you. So I'm going to start out by showing a slide that is one of my favorite slides that audience members just love. So Tiger Woods, we've all heard of Tiger Woods, world famous golfer. He first played on the PGA tournament in 1996. He was 21 years old. And that year he won 25% of all the PGA tournaments he entered. 21 years old, he's winning like no one had ever won at his age before. And he made a decision that year. He said, you know what, I'm going to change my swing. In 1998, at age 23, he says, I'm going to change my swing. But look at what happens. Two years later, he he was winning 25% like crazy, like no one had ever won. Two years later, he's only winning 5%. Because when we make changes, when we disrupt our business or our business gets disrupted for us, sometimes we don't get better, faster, stronger immediately. We got to go through a messy, uncomfortable phase to get better, faster, stronger. And that's what we're going through right now with this disruption. And the best businesses, the best home builders will come out of this being stronger and better. And they're going to be better competitors. And maybe there will be less competition in the market, but maybe not. Maybe the competition remaining is going to be stronger and better and faster. And so the question is, what do we do during this time in order to do that? Now, When we're making changes, sometimes in our organizations, our people, the people that work with us and for us say, why would we change this? It's already going well. We're already doing the right things. Why would we change it? It's your opportunity as the leaders and the executives in your businesses to say, we change things because we want to continue to be more competitive in the future. So even though Tiger Woods was messy, going through a change of his swing, by two years later, he was winning 45%. Of the tournaments that he entered. Now that is remarkable, but you got to go through the messy part to get to the successful part. And then, like a lot of businesses, he plateaued, changed his swing again in 2005. And by 2008, he's winning 67% of the tournaments that he entered. So if you're at age 21, you're winning like no one had ever won before. The question is why would you break everything? Why would you change your swing? Why would you mess everything up and get messy? Because you know what's possible. As great leaders, we know what's possible for our organizations if only we can get people to come along on the journey with us. So that's the stage we're in right now is we're all having to change a little bit and figure out which of those things are we going to keep when we come out of this, which are we going to leave behind, and how are we going to be stronger? But we know this for sure. As business owners, we must influence people to buy from us versus our competitors, Because if we do, we can grow our business. And if we don't, we can fail. There's thousands of things that you need to do as CEOs and as senior executives of companies. I mean, it's accounting, real estate, insurance, hiring, firing, operations. Many times we fall into this trap of operations feels like everything that we do, we're running the business. And how do we influence people? How do we get people to buy? Why would people buy from us versus them becomes a thing that maybe takes the back seat. But it's the foundation of all of your business because when you can influence people to buy, your business can grow. In the early 2000s, I started out my marketing career, as you heard, at Procter & Gamble. I left Procter & Gamble in Cincinnati, Ohio. I moved to Colorado to work in brain management for Coors and Coors Light. And when I got to Colorado, a couple of weeks after I got there, I was in the office building at Coors, pretty new there and there was a big marketing department offsite everyone was leaving the marketing department to go to a hotel 10 minutes away to have an all day meeting about marketing i'm walking out of the office building with everyone else i end up walking out of the office building next to the chief marketing officer of coors brewing company I'm walking out next to him and he says hey jerry why don't you just ride over there with me and i'm thinking yeah good opportunity to get to know the chief marketing officer now this is my bosses 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 boss, the head of the whole thing, $4 billion company, 10 brands under one roof, head of the whole. I'm thinking, this is a great opportunity to get to know the chief marketing marketing officer. We walk out of the office building. We walk up to his car. It's a big, brand new, super sleek, black Mercedes Benz. And I'm thinking, ooh, successful. We walk up to that car. I sit down. Those leather seats just hug around me. And then it occurs to me, I've got 10 minutes with the chief marketing officer. I better ask him something really smart. So I look smart. So I'm ticking through the questions in my mind. Like, what should I ask him? What should I ask him? What's the most important marketing question of all? And as he pulls out, I turn to him and I say, you know, Lee, why is it that a consumer, you know, the people that give us the money, why is it that a consumer would choose to buy one beer versus another beer? And I'm thinking he's about to give me a 10 minute lesson on how people choose, how people make decisions, and how we as marketers influence them to buy from us. And instead, he turns to me and says, Well, geez, Jerry, if I knew the answer to that question, we'd all be rich. And I'm thinking, Well, you appear to be rich and you're the head of marketing for a $4 billion beer company and you don't know the answer? To the most important marketing question of all, how do we get people? How do we influence people to buy this versus that? I spent the rest of my career learning, thinking, creating a model of influence that demonstrates to business owners of all kinds, home builders, contractors, subcontractors, architects, everyone in your industry and everyone in other related industries, how do we influence people to buy from us versus them? And that's the presentation. You're going to see a version of that that today. How do we influence people to buy? Because we know if you can influence people to buy, you can grow. And if you can't influence people to buy, you may go out of business. Here's two five-year stock charts of direct competitors. Every one of you would probably use both of these companies. The one on the top goes bankrupt in 2012, put out of business by the one on the bottom who's still around today. And when I ask audiences, they make all sorts of guesses, but eventually, they always guess who is it? Blockbuster versus Netflix. Now, I talked to the gentleman who was the director of research at Blockbuster back in 2008. Now, remember what Netflix was doing back then. 2008, Netflix was mailing you DVDs in the post. They were posting DVDs. That was the entire business model. Now, it's changed. They've navigated. They've tried new things. They've done new things. So years later, I talked to the gentleman, director of research at Blockbuster. I get him on the phone. I'm talking to him. I'm interviewing him. I said, so your job was to be the director of research at Blockbuster. He said, yeah. I said, so your job was to give the executives insights about your customers to help your business sell more and be more profitable. Yes, that was my job. I said, dude, what happened? He said, well, I'll tell you what happened. I went to the board of directors in 2008, and I said, hey. It looks like our consumers, you know, those people that give us the money, they really like that DVD mailing thing. They really like getting the DVDs in the post, to which the board of directors said some version of this. They said, that's great, Mr. Director of Research, but what do you recommend that we do with our 9,000 stores across the globe and our 90,000 people that work in those stores? And he was like, well, I, I don't know. But our consumers really like the DVD mailing, getting the DVD in the post. And Blockbuster was unable to navigate their way to success. They were unable to navigate these disruptive changes. And they were eventually put out of business by Netflix, who's still around today and thriving. Their stock price is as high as it's ever been, especially because they've navigated into a place that's valuable during today's disruption. Now, many times people say, oh, Jerry, yeah, this teaches us something very, very important. And now I travel all over the world and I teach this to thousands of CEOs every year, something very important. Give your customers more of what they want and less of what they don't. Now, some of you are saying, come on, Jerry, that seems really obvious. Give your customers more of what they want and less of what they don't. Think about this for a second. What did you not like about going to Blockbuster? Over and over, audiences have told me the same few things. Number one, I didn't like driving all the way to the store. I had to put my shoes on, had to put my pants on, had to get in the car, had to drive to the store, had to park, had to get into the store. I get into the store. And what happens? I get into the store. I walk down to the aisle to get the movie I want. Remember? They didn't have the movie you want because it was out of stock because everyone else wanted it too. So I get to the store. They don't have the movie I want. So I get a movie I didn't want in the first place. I take it home. I watch it. I forget to bring it back. And they give me one. A late fee. And then, oh yeah, if you're my generation, you had to rewind because they weren't DVDs back then, they were VHS, and you had to rewind. Be kind, rewind. No, so more of what you want, less of what you don't. Netflix came in and said, What if you never had to drive to the store again? We'll mail you the DVD in the post. What if we have an unlimited selection of every movie you want? What if mail it back whenever you want? No more late fees. More of what you want, less of what you don't. And they took down a multi-billion dollar, 9,000 location brand in six years flat. More of what you want, less of what you don't. More of what your customers want, less of what they don't. Insights about the mindset of the people you serve, the people that give you the money, get in their mindset and your business has the opportunity to grow. Now, sometimes you'll say, oh, Jerry, that looks like, uh, Amazon, and you guys didn't have Sears over there, but Sears is a big box store like uh, Woolworth or some of the other places you might have had over there. Amazon versus our hundred year old retailers. Now, people say it, it, it kind of looks I show you these stock charts because they kind of look the same, don't they? In every industry, there's somebody growing. Well, there's somebody declining. In your industry, in your market, in the home builder industry, there's somebody growing and they're doing really well right now and there's somebody declining. And that happens over and over again. People say sometimes, well, Jerry, I'm in a relationship business. We have relationships. Would any of you say you have a relationship with amazon.com? I'll tell you what my relationship is. I've got a um, a little uh, grandfathered horse property. I live in Denver, Colorado. I live in the city, but I've got a barn and a barnyard and a pasture in my property. So I didn't get horses. I got Nigerian dwarf goats. They're little goats and they keep escaping. So I go to big box store here called the home depot it's a huge hardware store where you can buy everything under the sun and i'm looking at four foot high welded wire fencing and i'm thinking i wish it was a different gauge i need a different gauge fencing so i get on my handy dandy amazon.com app look up the gauge fencing that i want it says it'll be on your front doorstep in two days i click yes my relationship with amazon is they have an unlimited selection of all the things i want my relationship with Amazon is they make it exceedingly easy for me to do business with them. How do we all make it easier for our customers to say yes to us to do business with us? This is an important one. My relationship with Amazon is that they make me certain I am making a good decision. Your customers, your home buyers, the people that give you the money, whatever part of the home builder industry that you are in. They don't want to make a bad decision. They don't want to make a mistake. They want to make the best decision for themselves. How does Amazon help me do that? Well, there's a bunch of uh, reviews of the welded wire fencing. This 482 reviews, 4.8 stars. This is great welded wire fencing. You can buy this with confidence. It's the right choice for you. How do we make our customers, our home buyers, whoever is giving us the money, how do we make them certain that they're making? good call. My relationship with Amazon is that they give me information all the way along my journey, right up until the time it's sitting on my front doorstep. They take a picture of it and they say, your package has arrived. How do we give our customers information all the way along their journey that's valuable and what they want at the time they want it to give them confidence all the way along the journey that they have made a good decision. They've made a good call. Your customers don't just want a better, nicer, personal relationship with you. They want a more valuable relationship. How are you providing more value to me? How are you providing more value to me within the construct of the relationship? So how we choose. In order to influence choice, we must know how people make decisions. People choose using their brain. And because they're choosing using their brain, they have two parts of their brain, rational and emotional. That's just the way our brains work. That's the way they're set up. We have a logical side and we have an emotional side. For hundreds of years, economists have been trying to convince us that people make logical, rational decisions. And we know that's not totally true because we don't always make logical, rational decisions. For about 140 years, marketers have been trying to convince us that decisions are emotional. We make emotional decisions. Have you ever seen a TV commercial or a video that made you emotional? It made you laugh or it made you cry. And then at the end, you watch the commercial and you said, Oh my, that commercial was so great. It made me laugh or it made me cry. Someone says, Oh, what was it for? And you say, I can't remember what brand it was for, but it was really emotion. That doesn't sell anything either. Emotion for the sake of emotion. If you say, Live in our homes for a happy life, that's very emotional but it doesn't talk to the rational side of your brain. So it ends up just sounding like marketing fluff, and it doesn't sell anything. The 2002 Nobel Prize winner in economics was not an economist. He was a psychologist who unraveled, who proved how our brains actually make these decisions. And what he discovered is that our gut, our subconscious, our brain needs some proof that it's making a good decision. Proof such that we could describe it and justify our decision to someone else. We make an emotional decision, but then our brain and our subconscious wants to have proof that it was a good call. Proof such that we could prove it to someone else. We could prove it to our coworker. We could prove it to our boss. We could prove it to our father-in-law, prove it to our spouse. The way I put it is like this. Your brain needs a rational reason to make the emotional decision. So if we say something that's emotion only, our homes will make you have a happy family. Your brain is going, because? I'll have a happier family because? What are those proof points, those elements that you built in that is going to make that community, that home, a better choice for me? Emotion for the sake of emotion doesn't sell. We need a rational, logical hook to prove the emotion is going to be true. There are three questions I'm going to show you today, three questions of this framework of influence. Now, we're going to do a condensed version today with only the best and the best and the gold nuggets. If you want to get an extended version of this at the end, I'm going to show you how to get The PDF of an extended version of the the presentation you're seeing today that you can get for free, I'll send it to you so you can work on implementing this framework in your business. And I'm going to give you a chance to get an even extended version with other elements of the framework because I want you to be able to put this to work. So the three questions. Question number one, what are your insights? Remember what we talked about with Netflix and Blockbuster? What do you think your customers want more of? And what do they want less of? What do they want more of? What do they want less of? Now, set a different way. What do your customers hope for? And what do they fear? As they're looking at buying a home from you, what do they hope will be true if they give you the money? If they give you the opportunity to sell them a home versus somebody else, some other neighborhood, some other development down the street? What do they fear? Now, pay attention to the bottom of the matrix. Brain science shows us that people are about twice as motivated to avoid what they don't want as they are to get what they do. The bottom of the matrix, what do people want less of? What do they want to avoid? What do they fear will happen? Think of it this way. What do they fear will happen if they give you the contract, if they give you the money, if they buy your house? What do they fear could happen? And how do you allay those fears? What do they fear said even more powerfully? What do they fear will happen if they don't buy your house and they buy one from someone else? What do they fear will happen? How do you make them certain they're making the right decision? They're making a good choice. Said another way, what is the problem that they want to solve? As you're thinking about buying a new home, is the problem that you're trying to solve safety? Is it community? Is it family? Is it joy? Is it long-term? connection? What is the thing that they're actually buying? Because many times the thing that you're selling is not the same thing they want to buy. You're selling a home. You're selling whatever you might be selling, architectural services, subcontract to this, whatever, HVAC. What is it that people are actually trying to buy? And how can you prove to them that they're making a good decision? They're going to get what you said. You're going to live a happy life in our home because how can you prove to me that I'm going to live a happier life in your home versus someone else's home? I'm going to have better community in your home versus another home. I'm going to have better safety, security, better, what is it that they're looking for that they will choose you versus them? Here's an example close into the industry. It's a B2B company. It's a concrete company in a place called Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and it's called Angel Concrete. So I do executive sessions where I'll come into a company, I'll implement this framework with the executive team, with the organization to figure out how to get people to buy from them versus other people in a crowded market. Now, there are six other concrete companies in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Only one of them worked with me, Angel Concrete. I come in, I'm with the executive team at Angel, and before I come in with a team, I have them go out and I have them talk to their customers, get insights, get in the mindset of the people that gives them money. We got to the insight part of the day, and the CEO stood up. He said, Jerry, we've got two big insights about our concrete customers. I'm like, this is great. You've got insights. What are your insights? He said, insight number one, concrete is very stressful. Everything is built on top of the concrete, so the concrete has got to be poured just perfectly. No cracks, no flaws, no anything. It's got to be right on time. It's a very stressful part of the build for the builder. You guys know this is if this is true or not. This is what I hear from the CEO of a concrete company. I said, what's the second big insight? He said, well, the second big insight is, well, well, okay, so we went out and talked to a lot of our customers. And what they said is that they are, well, they're scared of our drivers. <laughs> we all kind of laughed and we're like, well, our driver's kind of scary. Here's what happened: they brought all their drivers in. They gave them new shirts. They gave them name tags. They gave them cell phones. They gave them business cards with their name and their cell phone number on the business card. They gave them training. They said, you are the front lines of our organization. You are the drivers. You are the people that interface with our customers more than anyone. You are our brand Ambassadors, you are our company. You're the most important people in our company. So, when you get to that site and you're going to pour that concrete that day, I want you to get down, step down out of the big concrete truck, walk across the site, meet the general manager of the site that day, look them or her in the eye, shake their hand, say, My name is, my job today is to make your day stress free. I'm ready to pour. We've got another truck 15 minutes behind. It's going to be a wonderful pour today. If there's anything I can do to help you, here is my business card with my cell phone. My job today is to make your day stress-free. Now, what did that do? It changed the culture of that organization. It changed the ability at that time in a very crowded market for them to hire drivers. It changed the interface with their customers, it changed who they were as an organization and what they said was important. It changed the people on the front lines because it elevated their self-esteem and said, you are important. Let me give you the training and the tools to be the best you can be at your job. So Insights, the mindset powers your business. Now, that was the smallest little insight I was scared of our drivers, but it changed everything in the organization. How do you get insights for your business? You talk to your customers. You listen to them. You learn what's important to them and you demonstrate to them how you provide value that is important to them, that's useful to them. The things that they are looking for, that they are saying is important. Here's the value I'm looking for and you give them some proof that you can deliver that value differently or better than everyone else. Now, this isn't easy. You're thinking about your homes and how you're being built and your neighborhoods and where they are and the location. It's not easy, sometimes in a very commoditized industry, but it's important. Question number two, what's your outcome? These come right from your insights. The insight, here's what the customer wants. The outcome is, here's what you deliver. Insight, here's what I want. Outcome, here's what we deliver to you. So many times in business, We wanna talk about ourselves. Let me talk about our company. Let me talk about our products. What do your customers care about more than they care about your company and your products? They care about themselves. What's the outcome you are gonna deliver to me? What's the promise you're gonna make to me? The age old marketing question is this, who wants to buy a drill bit? The answer is nobody wants to buy a drill bit. All the contractors are going, yeah, I love drill bits and drills and boxes to put the drills into my truck. No, the answer is nobody wants to buy a drill, but they want to buy the outcome of the drill, bit. they want to buy a hole. The age old answer is nobody wants to buy a drill, bit. they want to buy a hole. I showed this to a friend of mine. She said, I don't get it. I don't want to buy a drill bit or a hole. I want to buy like my shelf on the wall with all of my books on it. I want to buy my future life where my kids are joyful and wonderful and perfect and everything is serene and are community is secure and everything works and my house doesn't break down and there's no problems. I want to buy what is my life going to look like in the future if I choose you versus all the other options out there. What's the outcome that we commit to? And how does it align with the insights that we know from our customers? Your outcome is about them. First, we need to talk about them. We need to understand what they want. We need to prove to them that we're going to deliver it to them, tell them what they're going to get. And then, and only then, we get to question three. Question three is the number one reason I get brought into big conferences, to speak to thousands of CEOs every year. It's the first reason I get brought into sales meetings. It's the first reason I get brought into companies. Question number three will change the trajectory of your success if you do it well. Have you ever seen a TV commercial, and at the end of the TV commercial, you want to buy that thing? It's because of this. What's your because? I spent my career making TV commercials for billion-dollar brands like Procter & Gamble and Coors Light and other brands, and there's a technique that we use in making TV commercials that you don't even know we're using, and it makes you want to buy. I'm going to show you that technique right now. And I'm going to show you how to implement it into your business, whether it's a home building business, you're an architect, you're a banker, whatever your business is, a crowded market. I'm going to show you how we get people to want to buy and how you can apply it to your business too. It's called the power of because. In the early 1980s, there's a woman named Ellen Langer. Ellen was the first ever female tenured professor at Harvard. She's a sociologist. She studied as a sociologist how people were influenced to say yes to certain things. And here's how she did her original landmark study back in the 80s. There was a Xerox machine at the library, and there was always a lineup of people waiting to use the Xerox machine. So she would have a student walk up and try to cut in front of the line of the Xerox machine by saying different things to see which things were the most influential. And at first, she had the student walk up and say this, excuse me, I have five pages. May I use the Xerox machine? And I've got a 60% of the time, they let the student cut in front of the line. Just because they're nice. Now, we're trying to be more influential than that. So she said, "Okay, walk up, but insert a because. Insert a reason. Insert a reason why we should let you cut in front of the line. Walk up and say this. Excuse me. May I use the Xerox machine because I'm in a rush? People say, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Go ahead. 94% of the time, they let the people cut in front of the line. She said, okay, well, what if we said something that was a reason, but it wasn't even a good reason, didn't even make sense, nonsensical, go up and say this, may I use the Xerox machine because I need to make copies? Got 93% of the time. Now, Now, why does that happen? Our brains are programmed, are trained to want to say yes. Now, our brains also, remember, our subconscious, our gut is looking for a reason Why we should say yes? Sometimes in a very very simple transaction like this, it doesn't even matter what the reason is. Oh, because I need to make copies. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Now in your transactions, they're not simple transactions. They're complicated, big dollar, emotional transactions where people don't want to make a bad decision. So we need to not have a a a plain old uh, trickery because or reason. We need to have a powerfully created. Reason. Let me give you another example. Papa John's Pizza, you guys have that over there in UK. Papa John's Pizza. What's their slogan? Their slogan is better ingredients, better pizza. Now, look at the bottom. Better pizza. That's the outcome we all want from pizza. I want better pizza. Now, that's the outcome. Remember, question number two is the outcome, better pizza. Now, if I open up a pizza place, I'm Jerry O'Brien, and my pizza place is going to be called Jerry's Pizza. And come on, and my marketing is this. Come on into Jerry's pizza. Our pizza is better. Our homes are better. It sounds like marketing fluff. It sounds like everyone would say that their pizza is better. Our brain is looking for our subconscious our gut is looking for that rational reason that piece of proof that says, "Oh, our pizza is better because?" Now they put their because, they didn't use the word because. Don't need to use the word because there's no magic pixie dust in the word because it's the reason it's proof because we have better ingredients now how many of you have ever looked into what makes their ingredients better we don't have time we just believe if they're using better ingredients sure enough pizza would be better pizza hut sued them way back when they were a tiny tiny little startup company pizza hut said you can't say your pizza's better papa john's wins the lawsuit because they use fresh sliced tomatoes, and filtered water. I didn't say your because has to be that good. You have to have a because. They built a $3 billion a year pizza company on a simple outcome for you is better pizza. That's because we use better ingredients. They align their entire organization around what do our customers believe is important and how do we deliver it better than anyone else. If you go to the Papa John's website today, you can see every ingredient on their pizza and what makes it better, what makes it superior, because they've aligned the entire organization around a common cause, a common idea. We make better pizza by using better ingredients. What's your because? What's the proof that you're going to deliver on the insights, the outcome that you promise to your customers? Here's something that I launched into the market when I was the brand manager of Coors Light. This may be something that you've seen. It's called the Coors Light Frost brew liner can. Now later you might have seen a bottle and a can that turn blue when they're cold enough to drink. That's something we came out with later. This was one of the first cold innovations we ever made on course like. It's a can that has a blue liner right inside of it. You can see it in the picture. Inside the can, there's a blue liner. Now, what do you suppose that can does? Sometimes people say, Oh, Jerry, ooh, that must keep my beer colder. Not exactly. Look at the bottom of the screen. It locks in refreshing frost brewed taste. Yeah, some of you are like, wait a minute. Isn't that just what a can does? Yeah, that's what a can does. In fact, the secret of the frost brewed liner can is that every aluminum can ever made has had a liner inside it. You always spray a clear liner inside the can because if you put beer next to aluminum, it will corrode. The liner's always been clear. We turned ours blue and told you it existed. Now, in fairness, we gave it a fancy name. We called it the Coors Light Brew Liner Can, and we said it locks in, refreshing brew taste. Here's what happened. The first year, we turned the liner blue. Crowded industry, flat light beer sales. Nobody could gain any share. Coors Light can sales went up by 5% that year. $100 million incremental growth because we turned the liner blue. We gave your brain a rational reason to make the emotional decision. We gave you some proof. In this case, it was visual proof that there was something distinct and unique versus all the other competitors out there. Now, what I'm not saying is that you should be misleading to your customers. But what I am saying is over and over, the companies that I work with across industries, Worked with many in home builders, contractors, HVAC, roofers, plumbers, you name it. Over and over, there are things that you're already doing that make you successful. There are things that you're already doing that are your because, are the proof that you can deliver something that no one else can deliver in quite the way that you do it. What's your blue liner? What's your because? Let's just do one more quick example for car buying. What are the insights? Insights What's the mindset of buying a new car. You ever go to buy a new car? Over and over, audiences tell me, oh, there's three big problems with buying a new car. One, it takes forever. It takes hours on end. I'm gonna go in there. I don't want to go in there because I'm gonna be there forever. Number two, I gotta deal with multiple different people. They keep handing me around to different people and trying to sell me. The third, and probably the biggest thing, is oh, I gotta negotiate the price. I don't want to negotiate, I gotta go in, I gotta battle with them over the price. And I'm using my internet and I'm using this and I'm saying, oh, the price is wrong. Eh. People don't like it. There's a car dealership in Denver, Colorado that changed the game a decade ago of how, to, how they sell cars. It's called Shop BMW, and they make a commitment to use says one price, one person in one hour. The price is on the window. You can buy it with one person and get out of here in one hour. They took the insights, turned it into an outcome, and gave you a because, because you can get it for one price, because you can get it from one person, because you can get it in one hour. What's the proof? Now, it's not easy. We'll give you a trick. It's not easy for a car dealer to switch over to this model because your gross margins tank the first day you do it and you got to make it up on volume. Well, until people know that you do this and they like it and they come in and they tell their friends and they make referrals, it's hard to make it up on volume. So it's hard to copy this. In your business, when you try to create your because, what can you make that's hard for people to copy? What can you, what are you willing to do? That other builders or other people in your industry are not willing to do, or can't do, or don't know how to do, if you can come up with that, it's an even more powerful because what can you say, we are the only, we are the only builder who that would be a powerful because it's not always possible. But what are you willing to do? I was in a group of 100 plumbers one day. I'm making, we're, we're having a big plumbers workshop and they're all working on creating their because We're talking about the framework, insights, outcome, because, and I'm taking volunteers and a plumber stands up and he said, oh, we've got a great because. I said, let me hear your because. He said, well, you know how with plumbers and others in home services, there's always a window? I said, yeah, that's a four-hour window. Yeah, and, and one plumber goes, oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, we, we, uh, we did innovation on that. We have a two-hour window this plumber standing up, he goes, We don't have a two-hour window. We don't have a four-hour window. We don't have a window. And all the plumbers were looking at them, we don't have a window. I said, What do you mean you don't have a window? He said, Well, we just tell you what time we're gonna show up when we show up at that time. And you can see all the plumbers in the room kind of being uncomfortable. They're like, Well, how one of them said, Well, how do you do that? And he said, Well, it wasn't easy. I said, How long have you been doing it? He said, Oh, we've been doing this a couple of years. I said, How was it at first? He goes, Oh, it was a disaster. I said, well, "What happens if you don't show up on time?" He said, "We give the customer fifty bucks. We've got a commitment in our company that we're going to show up and say we're going to show up." I said, "How are you doing today?" He goes, "Pretty well, pretty well. We've optimized, we've navigated our company, we've changed what we do and how we do it because it's valuable to our customers. We give more valuable, to, we give more value to our customers, not more value to ourselves. It's less efficient for us to do it, but people don't worry as much about our." prices. They don't beat us up as much on price because they can run home. They can meet us. They know what time to meet us. They can get us in the house. We can do it efficiently. They don't have to sit around for four days, take a half day of vacation. What's that worth? What's that worth? The other plumbers in the room said, why? There's no way. I'm not going to do that. And I said, "Exactly." exactly. The other plumber said, exactly. You know what? Nobody else in my market does that. And my customers love it. My business is growing. I'm becoming more profitable. People are less concerned about my prices because I give them something valuable that's valuable to them. What can we create in our businesses that's valuable to our customers that other people won't do, can't do, can't figure out how to do, are unwilling to do, whether it's car buying, it's home building, it's HVAC, it's plumbers, it's roofers, you name it. What are you willing to do that other people won't do? That could be your because. Your because makes what you say, what you commit to, more believable. I believe that you're going to deliver, and it makes it more repeatable. Now I know what to say on your behalf. The reason we don't get as many referrals as we want is because we've made it too hard for people to know what to say on our behalf. What would you want your customer to say after they say the word because? Last time you gave a referral, here's what you did. You said, oh, you got to go down to Jerry's Pizza Place because? Oh, you got to buy a home from them because what do you wish your customers would say when they're making a referral? What do you wish your salespeople would say when they're selling on your behalf? What's your because? What are the words you wish people would say after they say the word because when they're making a referral? Your because is about you. It's about what you do that delivers something distinctly unique to them. Insights of your customers. Your outcome is about them and your because is about you and what you do to deliver that to your customers. They buy your because. Now, some of you may have heard of your why. Why you do what you do. There's a lot been said in the last decade about everyone. You must find your why. Your why is a great inspirational internal rallying cry for your employees. Why we build homes? Because we want to provide community to the world. It's wonderfully emotional, but people don't buy why you build homes. They buy what's in it for them. And they buy the proof that you can deliver it differently or better than everyone else. They buy your because. If you want to get a free download of this presentation, you can just go to the website, whatbigbrandsknow.com. That's my website, backslash h c G. Now, there's a little form there. And if you say, oh, Jerry, oh, we really got to get you at my conference or, hey, I want to talk to you, Jerry, about, you know, coming in and implementing this in my company. Go to that website, click the little boxes uh, or uh, just email me directly or connect with me on LinkedIn directly. Note the spelling of my name, Jerry with a G O'Brien with an O.N. I'm the only one in the world. If you want to get the free presentation PDF, go to that website, click the box, it will automatically get sent to you. I would love to meet you, chat with you, connect with you in person and talk about how to implement this and even the, the broader, larger influence framework in your business. So thank you so much for spending this time with me today. Cool. Jerry, that was
2: absolutely unbelievable. It's just got my brain thinking like 100 miles per hour not only about our business but but also our our clients' business and house building this has been very much promoted, uh, presented as then selling their houses but but for me it goes much deeper it's it's really the the brand it's the DNA of the company it's 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 their because is how they attract the best people to come and join them as a business why should somebody come and work with them and you know lots of businesses do think about it but you know, a lot of, lot of organisations could give this some some, some more thought and, and get a stronger because. So, yeah, it, it it covers so many angles. And I was just thinking about our own business, what we did when we set up. So I've worked in recruitment 21-odd 21, 21 years, senior-level appointments. And for 18 years, yeah, I never thought about the because. I, I never thought about why is somebody really buying a a recruitment company a search search and selection organization why are they why are they buying those services now i had thought about it from the the aspect that yes that makes sense that somebody will use a company because they're reliable refusable but but we were just really copying what the market leaders what the market leading companies were doing and we were trying to follow what those guys were doing so when we set up human category, not just the plug, but this is what we actually did. We, we went and ran a series of what we call an avatar interview, where we interviewed candidates, we interviewed clients, and we said, right, why do you, you know, what do you expect from a recruitment company? What do you expect as a candidate? What do you expect from a client? And we, we, we really dug deep to, to understand what the main issues are and, and you saying this, I, I know lots of other clients have probably done what I did for 18 years of my career, and just copied what the number one leading brand is doing.
3: Is that a fair point? Oh, yeah. And it's not a bad strategy. It's just not going to be a long-term yeah. winner to become the top of the market.
2: Well, it served me well for 18 years. I was, I was pretty, pretty <laughs> successful. but And I know it's different to selling houses, but, but when you do dig a little bit deeper, and, and you are supposed clients, the deeper questions, you you get much, much fuller, much better answers. And you understand how to how to talk in their language rather than recruitment language or house
3: builder language. It's it's understanding the, the client. Very nice. I I agree. And and I mean just doing something like this, you're already saying, hey, you know, one of the things we're going to do differently that maybe other recruiters don't do is we're going to provide value, not just to your people, but to your business. We're going to provide, we're going to go further. We're going to do more things. We're going to become innovative. We're going to find ways to give you more value within our relationship. And this is an example of it.
2: Yeah, you know, and I I was thinking about that. It's the insights of of what we have as, you know, from candidates about clients, why candidates won't join certain companies, yeah, or why they do want to join other companies. And, And I can tell you now, it's not money. COVID-19, has, you know, it, it's really opened up possibilities of flexibility and, you know, working remotely. And these things are often more important to, to you know, prospective candidates. And,
3: you know, Gerard, that is a great point. I actually do a very similar presentation to this. Of how do you influence people to work for your company? You have to market today to your employees the same way you market to your customers. Because you need to have the best employees if you want to have the best company. And this framework of influence, same thing, what are the insights of your potential employees? What do they really care about? And maybe this generation is a little different than a different generation, or maybe there's a lot of bridges that are similar, but do you have the insights from your current employees, from your future prospect or desired employees? And what's the outcome that you're going to promise to them? What's it going to be like to work at your business? And what's your proof? How do you prove that it's actually going to be like that? You're not just, you know, telling them something they want to hear. And is there proof in your current employees and from other people that have worked with you saying, oh, it's so great here? Because that reputation is everything to getting the best employees.
2: On that note, I've taken up enough of Jerry's time. So, so thank you very much. Um, you know, once again, if you want to get in contact with Jerry, then I uh, will be sending out a recording of this in a day or so. So you'll, you'll, you'll get this presentation, plus that final slide, which I don't have up at the moment with, with his contact details. Equally, if you don't want to rewind to that, that slide, then contact, uh, you can contact myself here, which is Gerard, G-E-R-A-R-D at uh, hc-group.io. Uh, and I will make sure that I get Jerry's presentation in this slide across to you. Uh, Equally, if if you do have any off-the-wall questions or anything that you just want, you know, to be answered fairly quickly, then look, feel free to send them through to me. Uh, if I can answer them, I will do. And and equally, if it's more in Jerry's area of expertise, then I will I will pass them on to Jerry and I'll I'll make sure he'll come back to you. Just before I go, there will be a questionnaire coming out after this. Uh so so look, please answer it. Your, Your feedback is. Is really important uh, if we're going to keep developing the House Builder Business Resilience Hub in the US and the UK. And equally, we will try and follow that up with a phone call if we get a chance. It'd be good to good to talk to you. But Jerry, once again, thank you very much. That was epic. My pleasure. It's nice. Stay safe, everyone. Thank you.
0: Discover how to build your UK housebuilder business and attract the top 15% of leadership talent using one-to-many platforms, automation, and 24-7, 365 proven digital strategies before your competition. Be sure to subscribe for more podcasts from the Good to Great series, featuring leading voices from the UK housebuilding industry from small to medium businesses to leading PLCs. Don't forget to rate and review so that we can continue to bring you the best content possible. For more information, call 0203 800 1080 or check out www.hc-group.co.uk and book a client or candidate blueprint strategy session.